What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of Smartout Moment Smack Talk. We are going to be talking about the 2017 Clash of Champions pay-per-view, given our predictions and our rundown of the card, the matches that are scheduled, the lineup, whatever you want to call it, and uh, spoilers if we know any, and just theories if we don't. So, who are we? Well, I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me for the podcast, we've got Callum Wiggins. Hey Tony, you know you've always had uh, a problem with sleeping. Very much so. I think I found the cure in this pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be one of those events where we're like, oh man, like Survivor Series, where every match looks just like, this looks really cool, and that seems really interesting, and this could be really good, and whatever like that. Really, really dug Survivor Series. Uh, Clash of Champions... Uh, <laughs> it seems fine. That's the thing. It's it seems like a um a bumper edition of SmackDown. Yeah, it's a very standard B level B show pay per view. And mm. I, I guess that's fine. Can't make every show like the greatest one ever. Yeah, and we do have the Royal Rumble coming up. Hopefully that'll be good. Hopefully I'll be going. Still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but this is adequate and. Uh, it's kind of one of those scenarios where, like, I don't fault them for doing some of these matches, too, because I, you know, if they were to put me in the position, say, right after, like, the day after Survivor Series, if they would have said, all right, you need to book the card now for Clash of Champions, what what are you going to do? I probably would do the same thing for almost everything. Maybe a little bit different here and there. But this was a very, very easy card to predict. Like, I, well in advance, was like, all right, well, we're going to get Styles Mahal, we're going to get... Nakamura and Randy Orton against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We're going to get uh, Bludgeon Brothers against a tag team. We're going to get, you know, it just kind of like fell into into place pretty easily. And that's good, but it's bad because there's a couple matches on this card that I think that they really just phoned it on. Yeah. I mean, every single match on the card pretty much makes sense. Just doesn't mean that I have to look forward to the fact that they make sense. Yeah, and sometimes you just want one match which just comes out of the blue and you think, oh, I wasn't expecting that, but it sounds quite interesting rather than, oh, so it's exactly what I expected it to be. That's great. And I kind of look at this as like at the end of Clash of Champions, I don't think anybody's going to be like, whoa, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened. I'm so excited for the Royal Rumble. Nah, this will just wrap up some stories. Then mm-hmm. eh, create some new ones and stuff. But there is... One big thing that could potentially happen, and we'll get to that when we start talking about that particular match, but uh, we got to start off with the pre-show kickoff match that was announced. We have Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley, which makes perfect sense, and I'm really glad that they actually do have this match on the card, because if they didn't, then just give up on Mojo, you know? Like, if he's not good enough to be able to get on a pre-show for SmackDown when they have, like, no feuds going on to, like, you know, what else were you going to put on here? Like Dillinger versus Canellis or something? Like, it wouldn't matter. If that wouldn't have happened, it would have been like, all right, well, then you clearly do not care. Thankfully, they do. Yeah. Uh, remember when uh, Mojo Rawley won the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? <laughs> yeah, that went somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and now he's in a kickoff show feud with his former tag team partner. Um, the attacky gave on uh, Zack Ryder was was pretty good. It was pretty... It got a decent reaction, I'd say. It's not many people didn't see it coming, but uh, it makes sense. It should be an okay match, considering the fact they've worked together for so long. They should have some chemistry in the ring. But um, 
it seems like it's been months since we've seen Mojo Rawley in any sort of singles match. So it's hard to predict how much he's actually developed in that regard. Because essentially he's been a hot tag guy for the last couple of years, really. Yeah, he, uh, he has some potential. I'll admit, like, I... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to sound quite, mean, but I don't want to sound too hyperbolic either. Like he's not somebody that I care about, but at the same time, I do kind of want to see him succeed as a singles guy. And I think that this is kind of make or break. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, he he's going to win this match. He has to. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I quite like him. I think I've always enjoyed his enthusiasm, and I think he actually would have worked better as a babyface maybe as this new serious heel like trying to take things a little bit more seriously after goofing off so much and it's gotten him absolutely nowhere maybe that can work and be a good like, evolution of his character um zach Ryder is well he's zach Ryder at this point you're not going to expect him to progress any further in his career he's fully cemented in the like lower card somebody that might get a brief uh push where the, a few of his fans like peter will get uber excited and say oh my god this is the final time they're going to push that rider and then uh Days. yeah and then he loses it a couple of uh a couple of uh, weeks later yeah so this is just a case of him putting over the new star as it should be because i mean rider is good enough on his own he i like rider i think that he deserves a little bit more credit than he normally gets and stuff, but he's not at a point in his career right now where they're going to prioritize him. It needs to be Mojo. But the bigger issue isn't even so much who wins this match. It's what they do afterward. And this is where I think that they're going to they're gonna go in the right direction and then they're going to go in the wrong direction. It was smart and it totally logical, and it, it would have been illogical not to uh, book these two on the card. And you got to assume that Mojo is going to win it. Oh, that's well and good, but if they follow it up with not paying any attention to them for the next three weeks, then it's completely going to lose any steam that it's got. And I think that that's what's going to happen here. I think that we're going to get Mojo beating Ryder, and then we're not going to see or hear like anything from it until like maybe some one-off match on like January 12th or something like that. Um, I think that's a very real possibility. Is that even a Tuesday, January 12th? Uh, if nope. It, if, it, if it is, you picked it quite well. <laughs> nope, apparently it's a Friday. The 9th oh. of the 16th. There you go. So, like, five years ago, that would have been episode of SmackDown. Yeah, you know. And Zack Ryder would have been uh, <laughs> somebody who was getting a push at the time. Yeah. And Mojo Rawley would have been away from our television, where he belongs. Ah, good times. Um... Yeah, I can see them dropping this quite easily. I can imagine that uh, Mojo has a spot in the Royal Rumble. I'm not so sure about Ryder. Um, and then they just have another match together, probably on the in the February pay-per-view. And then they're both in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You know That's- what I'd like to see happen, now that you brought that up about the Royal Rumble? We do have more than 30 people, and they do have to cut some people. And it's a weird scenario where, like, a couple of years ago... It was guaranteed that everybody would be in, and there'd be, like, one or two surprises and stuff, and we'd get, like, a an odd scenario where, like, JTG would be in, but not Chad, or Chad, Shad, 
Well, yeah, Chad. Chad Gaspard. Uh, but nowadays it's like you've got more, well, more than 30 people and you have to sort of assume that some people are guaranteed not to be in. Like Goldust isn't going to be in. Uh, our truth isn't going to be in. He's injured. You know, uh, you're not likely to see Heath Slater and Rhino. You know, the, the lower or most of the cruiserweights won't be in either. Oh yeah, I don't think any of the cruiserweights will. Um, they had Gallagher last year. Yeah, that was that was kind of strange. I mean, I'm totally cool with it. Like they should put at least one person in there. Why not? Oh, they're gonna. Know? It's gonna be Kalisto, isn't it? <laughs> if, if they put a cruiserweight in there, it needs to be like. I don't know, like Alistair Black or something like that, you know? Like, kill two birds with one stone. You put Alistair Black in there, then you move him up to the main roster. With Stop referring to him as a cruiserweight. He's so much more than a cruiserweight. <laughs> he doesn't deserve to be in that. Maybe Rockstar like, Spud. Oh, Rockstar Spud would be fine. Uh, but with uh, Raleigh and stuff, I could see it being a good scenario where, like, Raleigh beats Ryder here, and then either... This next episode of SmackDown, actually no, better off. All right, this is how I'm I'm booking this scenario. Totally not going to be what they do, but my best case scenario: Raleigh beats Ryder. Next week on SmackDown, we get some kind of a tag team match. We get like Raleigh and uh, Canellis. Yeah, sure, why not? Raleigh and Canellis against Ryder and Dillinger. Sinkara, Sinkara, or Dillinger, and uh, they have that match. Ryder gets a pin on Raleigh, uh, and uh, or he pins Canellis, and you know Ryder and Dillinger kind of celebrate and whatever like that, and it kind of makes it seem like well they sort of did an off like one and one kind of a thing, and eventually you build to a qualifying match for the Royal Rumble, and Mojo beats Ryder. Yeah, that's that the end fun. of it. You know, if you want to continue the feud, maybe Ryder interferes and that's how Raleigh gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. But I think that that's better suited for other people. And Raleigh just gets tossed out by like Dean Ambrose or something like that. But um, Uh, that's the good old days where you used to have to qualify for the Royal Rumble as opposed to just randomly being put into it. I kind of miss that. And I kind of miss the little tumbler, too. Yeah, that was. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff from the past that they should be bringing back to these ones. It just seems a little bit too, you know. Oh, I mean, I like the randomness about, about oh, who's going to turn up next? But it's actually quite good to know maybe 20 of the people that are going to be competing and then you start filling in the rest of the gaps. A good, like, 15 even. Yeah. And have someone win the number 30 spot because that means something. I don't know. See, I th- still think that number 30 is better off if you don't know. Unless it ends up being Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's where Rumble Talk, though. Um, we'll get around to that when we get around to that, everybody. I'm next sure year. You'll, uh, yeah. Uh, we Stay got tuned till next year. Six weeks? Seven weeks? Something like that? Eight weeks? I don't know. However many weeks we have. And, uh, it boils down to, if I'm going to repeat that phrase constantly nowadays, Raleigh, we're both going Raleigh here, right? Yes. Alrighty, uh, that's an easy one to pick. As is this one, the Bludgeon Brothers against Breezango. Love Breezango. They don't stand a chance. Oh, exactly. I'm I'm really enjoying the Bludgeon Brothers. See the um Lace of SmackDown, Colin Delaney was back. What a random pull. <laughs> I know that's I mean, I've actually seen some of um Delaney's uh matches on the indies. Uh just randomly finding him on YouTube or something like that, just like scrolling through matches and saying, Oh, Colin Delaney was in a match and he 
looks exactly nothing like he used to anymore. But um, yeah, it was a uh, that was that was a nice little cameo, and I, I'm really liking their squash matches. I mean, people some people despise squash matches. I think that they can be a very useful tool when done correctly, and they are like utterly destroying these people that they're facing, and it's in such a like quick and decisive manner. It makes them stand out, and it makes you feel like, okay, these guys are going to be the next tag team champions. It is kind of strange, though, that their finisher isn't something like bludgeon-related. Uh, or what would you say is, like, bludgeon-related? I don't know, like, um, some kind of, like, hammer fist type thing. <laughs> <laughs> they they both just pull out Triple H's sledgehammer and just, like, hit it each side of the head of somebody or something. Yeah, or double axe handle from the top rope. <laughs> Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know if they could both fit on the same yeah, t- turnbuckles. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like I like the um, the fact that they've come back with a renewed intensity, and it looks like they're actually like focused on these guys, which Harper especially deserves because he's far better than most people have ever given him credit for. Rowan is okay in a tag team, probably not so much as a single star, but as a combined force, they're they're really working. They really need to get rid of that sheet mask, though. Yeah, I think that may be just a bit too much for carry on. I think if they if they're going to be these Bludgeon Brothers now, they just need to completely separate themselves from the past, almost. And what do you think about the whole idea of the Brisango feud thing? Because I'm about fifty fifty when it comes to this. I part of me thinks it's good that they're just going straight to it. Part of me thinks that they should have done Ascension ahead of time. And then that's it. Actually, there's a section of me that goes. What if they did this Brisango thing because the Ascension are the bigger team, like as far as physicality goes? Yeah. What if Brisango gets their asses kicked and then the Ascension comes, makes the save, and they actually end up putting up a little bit of a fight against the Bludgeon Brothers? We could get a resurgence of the uh, Ascension. Um. Well, if we do get a resurgence of the Ascension, I think it will just be again another temporary thing to the point where the Bludgeon Brothers eventually defeat them as well. Oh, but that's true, yeah. But it'll be a nice little like maybe Royal Rumble kickoff show or something along those lines. I, I imagine that would be the way they're going forward that eventually after the Bludgeon Brothers have defeated a lot of jobber teams and obviously dispatch of Breedzango here that they move on to like the slightly more higher up teams that they eventually the ascensions will come into their crosshairs but um yeah i can see that progressing um it does seem a little soon to just have this match randomly because they haven't really done any sort of build to it i mean obviously uh the bludgeon brothers have been appearing on every episode of smackdown but brizango have been completely off the scene since uh what wherever the last fashion files was last night uh, <laughs> oh, there was one. Oh, there was one last night. Well, it was on uh, the website for some reason. It was on WWE.com. Oh, I missed that then. I wasn't paying any attention to that. Uh, what happened in there, for anybody else that missed it too, they had a fake funeral. Uh, had you seen the one with uh, the Ascension and the poison gas? Oh, yeah. So yeah, they I were, saw that one. They were doing a, a funeral, but it turned out that it was a funeral for Tully the horse, <laughs> the one that Arn Anderson <laughs> ripped apart. And, oh yeah, the Ascension uh, could be dead, so they might not interfere because they might be dead. Well, they addressed that. It was uh, the Ascension were the only other people that were at the funeral, 
Uh, and uh, they were like, oh, you know, like, uh, we're, we're fine and whatever. And they suggested that they should fight the Bludgeon Brothers. And Brisango said no. And then they went to the credits and then they went back and were like, all right, yeah, fine. Like, we'll fight them. <laughs> so it's a little strange, but. I mean, it's nice that this, this fashion pal stuff is actually getting a payoff now after so many months. I mean, not yeah. that they haven't been enjoyable, but now it's finally actually led to somewhere. They're actually getting a match on TV, on paper, and it's not the pre-show. Yeah, like that's kind of strange. Yeah, it's it's actually a big deal. They're actually like a part of something, as opposed to just essentially separate from the real SmackDown. It's like the fashion folks is like a five minute five minute escape from the real SmackDown. Yeah, it's just a little uh, cartoon in front of a movie kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's good that they're actually going to have. What might be the start of a feud or could be just the end, the start and the end of a feud in one night. Hopefully they don't just get like, I mean, they're going to be the bathroom break spot. That's a guarantee. You'd assume so. But I hope that it's not like some, uh, It's it's got to be a squash. That's the thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be the, like, the bathroom break slot. I mean, I mean, it might be the match that people cared less about, but I don't think it's going into like a death spot or anything. Just, just due to what I think the main event's going to be. Well, we'll get into uh, some of these later matches later on. But what do you think the main event's going to be? Uh, Owens and Zayn versus Orton and Nakamura. Okay, I'm I'm on the same page here. Uh, I just think it'd more... be a bit weird to have two non-title tag team matches back to back. Yeah. Um. We'll talk about that last. We'll talk about the WWE Championship before we get to that, too, because that's, like, the only other one that's going to be the main event, uh, potentially. But we do have all the other title matches to get to, too. And uh, one of them that I'm on the fence about a little bit, I like it, but I don't love it, is the United States Championship triple threat match. Baron Corbin's going to be defending against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Can we, before we move on to it, can we just address why Dolph Ziggler's in this match? To take the pin. I mean, that, that's definitely I mean, that's a good it. answer. That's a good answer. But I, I did some digging into um, onto cagematch.com, if you've ever been onto it. Um, I use Dolph, that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Dolph Ziggler has won 18 matches this year and has lost 108. Jesus. It's his worst like record, I think, almost in his entire career. And yet he's getting a championship match and... Someone like Ty Dillinger, for instance, or even Sin Cara, who was beating up Baron Corbin for a lot of the last couple of months, is not uh, going to be able to be in this match to even just take the pinfall. It always comes back to Dolph Ziggler. And he is, I mean, I know what his role is. Everyone knows what his role is. But it kind of kills a lot of the interest for me in this match because even though I don't know which one of the... Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode is going to pin Dolph Ziggler. I know that someone is going to pin Dolph Ziggler, so it just depends mm-hmm. who hits their finisher first. I think that this is a guarantee. One of the very few that I feel extremely confident in that Baron Corbin pins Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement that I think Baron Corbin's retaining. Just because if Bobby Roode's going to win, it should be one-on-one. It seems a bit, it seems a bit like... Of a yeah. cop out to do it in a triple threat. 
And I don't know what their plans are going to be when it comes to WrestleMania. I don't think that they have any clue what they're going to be doing either, but there is a chance that Baron Corbin drops that title before Mania. If it does, Bobby Roode is a really good potential choice for it, but it has to be a one-on-one match, and this is a prolonged kind of thing. I think that this is all just... Because that Roode and uh, Ziggler thing, that was over. And... For them to continue that, I mean, Ziggler has to take the pinfall. And you got to assume, if that's the case, that Corbin sort of steals the pin from Rude. Like, Rude hits his DDT, he gets ready to pin Ziggler, Baron Corbin-like, kicks him in the head, pins Ziggler instead. And that way it could sort of be like, Bobby Rude had the match won, but Baron Corbin stole it away, and he's a heel, and, you know, they kind of... Give me one more match. I deserve it. You get Rude versus Corbin at the Royal Rumble. I think that that's how things are going to play out. And it's not a bad idea either. I mean, that works. Yeah, um, I think that would probably be the best approach to take. I think Rude would be a very good United States champion. Better than uh, Corbin. Well, yeah, I can think about probably two-thirds of the roster would be a better United States champion than Corbin. But it just leads to questions of like, well, if Rude wins the title, who would Rude face? For the title at WrestleMania, and then you started drawing up on like a a list of potential options. I mean, there's, there's there are plenty of hills on SmackDown, but it's just thinking about which one would be in that right place in that right time. Hmm. Or in if or, or maybe if Rude turns heel in that span of time, but that would probably be quite a quick turnaround to try and do that. Let's see here. I'm gonna click on the SmackDown roster. We could get. Uh, let's see. Nope, 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 nope. Maybe Jinder Mahal. I wouldn't really care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, see, my, the options in my head would be it's Jinder Mahal, just to give him something to do at WrestleMania, or it's one of Rusev or Sami Zayn. Not Rusev, uh, one of Owens or Sami Zayn. And that's, I'm assuming they're more likely to be in the tag team picture rather than that. Or, I'm going to yeah, Orton would make sense, but then they're both baby faces at the moment, so it's a deciding. Uh, which one of them is to totally turning heel, guaranteed. Oh, yeah, de- oh de- definitely. But it's just it's funny because, like, if you have Rude defeat Corbin for the title around about maybe Royal Rumble time or slightly earlier or later than that, then they have to either do a really quick turnaround on Rude to turn heel, like in the space of a couple of months leading into WrestleMania. Or you turn Orton heel before that, but I don't know. I mean, both of them are both really good heels. They're okay baby faces. I think Orton's probably a better baby face than Rude is. Yeah. So I'd prefer it if Orton was a baby face going into it. I think it would help if, obviously... I mean, with Tiggy's speculation at the moment, it's very likely that Corbin could be taking the United States Championship onto the pre-show of WrestleMania. Because let's yeah. put it this way, Corbin is, being on the, is on the pre-show at WrestleMania at this point. He's... Not getting a like a standout match at all. No, Corbin. Corbin's best options here. He's either defending the United States title or fighting for the United States title on the pre-show. Mm. He's in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which is what I suspect is going to happen. And I'm assuming that that's on the pre-show too. Or he's in some kind of like fatal four-way, and that's how he gets on the main card. Yeah. And if that's the case, you could do Corbin, Rude, Orton, and 
Rusev or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that we could get, I mean, you could take like a Randy Orton and do Bobby Roode and potentially even play up the idea that they're both tweeners. Yeah. That could be kind of fun, but I do think that we're going to get one of those turn heel soon and Bobby Roode beating Baron Corbin around January for the title, maybe even fast lane. I don't know. It makes a lot, a lot of sense. And yeah. I think that Corbin has to retain here to be able to keep that going. Yeah. But the real question is, where is Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania? I'm either thinking Battle Royal or not at all. I'm imagining at some com- comedy club trying to desperately try and forge a career <laughs> after he's released from WWE. It kind of depends on what his contract issues are, but Battle Royal or nothing, I think. Mm. I mean, at least he'll just do his job here of uh, stalling and boring the crowd. So it may, it may, he makes Baron Corbin look charismatic at the moment. <laughs> Totally disagree when it comes to that, but I know, I know, I know you still like him. You're not going to like some of the awards that I've given him. Then at the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> man, I've been trying to narrow down some of my awards, and there's a couple people that stand out in a couple different ways, and I feel kind of bad, like with some people, because like for I instance, mean, in fairness, they're never going to hear it, so you don't have to worry. Too. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but some people, like I remember, I when Kali popped up. I immediately wrote him down as the worst performer of the year because I thought that he was going to continue. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't do that because he's only made one quick appearance. So I needed to yeah. get rid of that. And then I started to look at like my other candidates and I'm like, oh, I feel kind of bad putting this guy down and this woman down and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I retroactively realized that I picked on two women in particular and one guy in particular. Oh, uh, a couple forward. here and there. Spoiler, spoiler alert! Look forward to that. Um. Yeah, all right. So we're all we're both going Baron Corbin, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's more than likely that Baron Corbin's going to win. And I think another scenario where I think uh, the champion is going to retain is the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It's a lumberjack match. It's got Natalia trying Lumber to win Jill. her title back. Lumberjill match because well, women. Well, on the website, it's still lumberjack. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's like, it says in the. Oh, I'm looking at Wikipedia, so it says Lumberjill on that. Yeah, the, I, unless they just changed it. Uh, last time I had checked on WWE.com, it was still listed as Lumberjack. Let me double check that because maybe they've been they, quite progressive about this now. They don't seem to know uh, too much what they want to call some of these things sometimes, so they could have mm-hmm. changed it over to Lumberjill. Uh, nope, WWE.com still says Lumberjack. Oh well, good for you, WWE.com. You're more progressive than Wikipedia is. Yeah. Uh, it as a lumberjack match. If you don't know how those work, it's every other woman on the roster is going to be ringside, and it's a guarantee every other woman in the roster is going to be fighting each other at some point. That's how every single one of these goes down. There's not been a single lumberjack match that I can think of that didn't end in a brawl. Um, we've got the riot squad on the outside. We've got Naomi now is back. Tamina, Lana, and Carmella, and um, we are missing. Becky Lynch, but she's filming a movie, so I doubt that she's going to pop up. Nikki Bella is still doing whatever she's doing. Doubt that she's going to pop up. This is totally not the scenario to bring somebody new onto the roster. And Charlotte and Natalia are going to be wrestling. They're going to be doing their thing. I don't care. <laughs> I have like I I don't care about this match. Uh, yeah, 
Charlotte it's, it's and sad. Natty are good enough in the ring, but I don't care about Natty at this point. No, she's it, it's so I, I'll never ever take anything away from her as a wrestler. She's for a long time she was the best like wrestler on that roster. And she's always been very consistent, always very safe, a very hard worker. But she's the worst actress in history. And I can't invest myself in her character anymore. She's been around too long. She's done nothing for most of her career other than a few short like bursts with like championships and a few opportunities and a few ridiculous gimmicks. But um, yeah, I just don't care about her. I care about Charlotte, and Charlotte should do quite well, so I'm hoping that she retains the championships, but there's just better options for Charlotte to defend the title against than her at this point. The sad thing is, though, the Riot Squad's not doing a good enough job. No, they suck. Uh, <laughs> to put it, that, that's just my blunt opinion. It's I'm, I've hated, I've, I mean, I've hated this entire, these two factions coming into both Raw and SmackDown. It's been terrible television. It really has, and I mean, I don't want people to get the impression that it sucks because it's the women's division. That's no, not the case. It sucks no. because the writers don't know what the hell they're doing. I, this I, is yeah, terrible. I, like, they are literally copying and pasting the same thing every week now. Yeah, it's just like, I I have no idea if you hear dogs barking in the background. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they hate this uh, angle as well, so that's why they're like, like, <laughs> I'm uh, But I just, I don't understand like do they have women in the creative team besides stephanie uh i just don't know i've never seen a female writer's name in the in their like list of people so but um yeah i don't understand why they're doing the same thing on both programs and it's sucking so badly on both of them i mean it's not like the rest of are bad i mean ruby Riot, i think is very good uh yeah she's fine yeah, uh, Sarah Dobson is. She's still. She doesn't have much of a character, but I think she's pretty good in the ring. She is horrible on the microphone. Holy shit! Yeah, she hasn't got the greatest accent in the world. I mean, I don't even know what the hell she's saying. Like, I, uh, all right, this is a spoiler. She was a very, very, very high up person in my list for worst mic skills. Mm. And I had Shinsuke had, Nakamura like, on that. <laughs> she's only delivered like two promos so that's uh yeah well those are bad like and Liv Morgan really was oh, terrible yeah and Liv Morgan she's she's cute and she's got potential and uh I think she's she's, she's a hard worker yeah she's hot she's a hard worker but she's just horrible in the ring and she I don't think I've ever uh, I mean when, I've been watching NXT for quite a long time and I've never seen her improve or have a good match so I don't have too much hope for her in that regard. But I previously would have said similar things about Carmella or Alexa Bliss, so they proved me wrong. So hope, hoping that she can do the same. But at the moment, they're just like, okay, so you're here to take over SmackDown and you're like taking no prisoners, fighting whoever you want. But like, why? Why now? Why? Why are you together? What's what? What? What is? Like, I can't imagine these three hanging out in a bar. No, not at all. They have nothing in common. <laughs> yeah. The only thing they have in common is that they were all in X NXT at the same time, and they all came up at the same time. And Logan barely was. 
Yeah, exactly. It's quite it's quite weird that like both of these three groups they had one person in NXT that people thought was like pretty good. Well, I'm probably counting Paige in that, but obviously Paige has been on the main roster for a long time. But she was like a standout performer in NXT, and I guess Ruby Riot follows the same pattern. And then someone in NXT that people thought, uh, they've got potential and they're okay-ish with Liv Morgan and Sonya Deville. They were like regulars, but not people they thought were going to be like huge stars. And then two people that basically weren't on NXT and just fast-tracked to the main roster. It's weird because it's like both groups, their leader is a pale like mm. i've got an edge to me type of girl yeah they both have a uh, tough brunette and they both have a good looking blonde but you yeah. switch the brunette and the blonde when it comes to Liv morgan was on the nxt roster roughly around the same amount of time as sonia deville well she was longer than sonia deville yeah a little bit longer and then sarah logan and mandy rose are both the ones that were like just on the live events yeah it's just weird that like we like don't want to like harp on sarah dobson too much but wasn't there anyone else in the live events they could have called up yep they've got loads of people on there like abby life who's in like the um uh was it the may young May-Yung classic, classic she was, yeah. yeah she was good uh got mercedes martinez that you've been like i don't Not know signing don't, for some reason yeah she hasn't signed yet which is obviously an issue i know there are certain people that you haven't signed yet so like what about jazzy gaber mm-hmm this shit, even Dakota Kai is better yeah. off. These are all people that were getting like big reactions, and um, Sarah Logan was wasn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was like a non-entity. Didn't she get like eliminated in the first round? Even Lacey Evans has been doing a lot more. Yeah, but just a, she couldn't lot... be a heel. Uh, well, Not I would right have said, said the same thing about Liv Morgan until this. Mm, I could see Liv Morgan being a heel because she does have that New Jersey type thing going on. Yeah, but she's kind of, of kind of the same as Carmella. It's like you do sort of get the opinion of just sort of like, yeah, she's really cute. And she's probably a pain in the ass to deal with, but <laughs> yeah. And she dated it, and so yeah, like, you're already a little bit of a heel for that. She's dating uh, Tyler Bate now, I think. It's an upgrade. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but I'll, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna say that I'm t- I'm sick and tired of these multi women matches. Uh-huh. it's just been every single show since about since wrestlemania essentially just been let's throw every single woman we have into one maybe two matches like can't you just write a story for a couple of women like just have maybe just two feuds featuring i don't know charlotte and natalia's fine for now because it's the championship rematch thing so that makes sense but maybe just put i don't know becky lynch and tamina in a feud or something just add a little bit of variety as opposed to, okay, we only fit one segment for the women on this show, so we just have to throw every single one of them into it at once and see yeah. what happens. I maintain that if they would have told me to do a different card, I mean, I probably would have done this a little bit differently. I probably would have actually given Tamina that little bit of that push with Lana, and by this point, Tamina versus Charlotte would have been more interesting to me. Um, Natty be, would be off doing something with you know whatever. It'd be different. I'm not. I'm not saying like. I'm, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of Tamina in the ring, but I would have preferred it over this because it, at yeah. least it's something different. And with the Riot Squad, they don't need to be a stable at all. They should have just came up to the main roster and just been like 
We've got an influx of talent. We signed three new people. Here's Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. Yeah. They could be heels. They could be baby faces. They just don't need to be a stable together because they have nothing in common. And I mean, this week, Absolution approaches somebody in the ring, and then the entire roster, heel or babyface, comes down, runs them away. Yeah. This week on SmackDown, the Riot Squad approach Charlotte Flair in the ring. They try to attack her. Same old kind of deal. The entire roster, heel or face, come down and run them away. Yeah, it's giving the impression that they're like these really dominant and dangerous groups that you have to like just completely everyone has to band together whether you like each other or not to get rid of them. But have they really been that dangerous or like yeah, bad? It's like Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. Like yeah. who cares? I mean, yeah, I mean it's like the point that, I mean, I can understand what they were trying to do, and maybe with the right person it, the right people in the same approach it would have worked. But I just don't buy it. Like I'm I expected to believe that Liv Morgan and Mandy Rose are more like imposing than Tamina or Nia Jax or something like that. Yeah, if you would have told me like the stable was Jazzy Gaber, Piper Niven, and Nia Jax, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> all right, you I'll can buy into that. Anyone. Yeah, you can destroy whoever you want. You can take on the entire roster and still win, and I'm completely fine <clears> with it. But these people just like you just you just amalgamate into the entire roster. You could just be anybody on that roster, right? So, what this is as far as like excitement level and all that is pretty low to me, and I hate to just shit all over it, but. I really am not excited about anything. Uh, I assume that the Riot Squad will get some kind of a little bit of a feature here. They'll, I don't know, they'll be the ones that stand tall on the outside of the ring. But I really, it's almost like, just don't make it worse. Just don't give the title back to Natty. Charlotte has to retain. All the other crap that goes along with it, I'm probably not going to care about. Just don't switch the title back. Then that'll be a boring match with a stable that I don't care about and Natty is the champion again, mm. it, there won't be a saving grace if that happens. Yeah, I'm completely on board with you. I think Charlotte is going to win. I just realized that this influx of talent is basically confirming that there's probably going to be a Women's Royal Rumble. Which is, makes Which makes me feel like at least one of these trios is not going to last past the Royal Rumble and there's going to be someone where one of them eliminates another team member or something along those lines and they're going to have a massive breakup thing. So look forward to that in the future. If that does happen, Riot Squad needs to break up. I hate to say that Absolution is better because I don't like Absolution, but they are better. Yeah, they, they at least have a reasoning behind them because they were both on the Tough Enough series with Paige, so at least they have that connection with her. This yeah, this other group just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie that I'm not particularly excited about this match. Hopefully, it's better than I anticipate. Hopefully, Charlotte retains, and hopefully, there's at least some sort of foreshadowing to maybe a a riot Charlotte feud going forward or some other feud. Just kill off the Natalia in the title hunt at this point. Yeah. This is uh, not really going to be turning a lot of heads, I don't think. Uh, this is not the match that I think people are going to be talking about. We don't, fi- um, we don't think Carmella's cashing in, right, at this point? Nah, I don't think so. 
I mean, it would be quite interesting, like if they're just there's this this massive carnage, like everyone's just fighting each other, and then she just tries to sneak a cash in at that point as well. I'd potentially be okay with it. Yeah, but I think it's probably too soon. Yeah, I kind of think post WrestleMania for her. Yeah, at this point, I think they I think they had an opportunity earlier this year to do it while Ellsworth was still employed, but yeah, I think uh, they have to build it back up again now. I will say though. If they don't change any titles on this card, I'll be kind of surprised. And I think that the way that we're going to go about doing that, I think that the tag team championship is going to change hands. And we have a fatal four-way for that. The SmackDown tag titles are on the line with uh, the New Day, of course, are in the mix. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin and Rue 7-8 in English. Those three teams fighting the Usos. I think the New Day's winning. The New Day? Yep. See, they're the ones that I'm I'm least expecting to win this match. Just due to the fact that obviously they've held the titles quite a lot this year already. And it seems that their feud with the Usos came to a like pretty natural conclusion. So I think they're they're in this match to be a big deal. i I see the Bludgeon Brothers in the New Day's future, but not as the title match. I think they're the precursor to the title match. I think there will be a title change and it's going to be uh, Gable and Benjamin. That feels too, like... Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I hate it. I think Gable and Benjamin are a, ter- a terrible team and they've been... I mean, they're obviously, they're both very good wrestlers, but as an entity, they just don't seem to have anything about them. I don't understand, or I understand why they're tagging together because Daniel Bryan put them together all, the, all those weeks and months back, but they just don't feel like they have any chemistry or any like reason to still be a tag team after all that point. Um, See, if we weren't going into WrestleMania season, which technically we aren't yet, but I mean, it's we're going to be building to the Royal Rumble and stuff, so you, I don't want them to do that whole, like, let's put the title on different people and then put the title on people again. I don't want them to continue this switching back and forth thing. We've had so many title changes this year, and I'm trying mm. to give WWE the benefit of that doubt that they're not going to do that again, even though they continually prove me wrong. But if they are kind of thinking that they like that, Gable and Benjamin win. And yeah. then the New Day or the Usos win it back before WrestleMania. Like yeah, I'd then that's that. just how it goes. But I do think there is a chance we get the new day pinning Gable, Benjamin, Rusev, or English, probably English, and that leads to them winning those titles because they did say before, <clears throat> excuse me, that they did want to push the new day as having the most amount of title reigns. Yeah, and if they did have this whole feud with the Usos over with. Pinning those other two teams gives them the chance to beat the Usos for the titles without doing another Usos New Day thing. I could see this being a scenario where the New Day win and the Usos continue to feud with Gable and Benjamin. Rusev and English feud with the New Day for a little bit. And then the Bludgeon Brothers move on to like the Usos and the New Day kind of does their whole Gable-Benjamin type thing. By WrestleMania season, the New Day, the Bludgeon Brothers, the Usos, and uh, maybe not another tag team. Maybe Brizongo, maybe Gable and Benjamin, kind of like in another big 
turmoil kind of match. Potentially Owens and Zayn. Owens and Zayn, yeah, that's another one too. Um, I say that's definitely not outside the realms of possibility. Uh, let's like, uh, basically I, I'll put it this way: Gable and Benjamin shouldn't be going into WrestleMania as champions, and I. I know that no, a lot of people no. are probably going to be thinking that maybe Rusev and English win because of the Rusev Day thing, but it has to be the Usos or the New Day. And Owens and Zayn could win those titles, and they could definitely go into WrestleMania with the titles. I hope that that's not the case. I hope they have something better, but I don't I don't know if I really buy into that anymore. But the Usos, the New Day, Owens, that kind of a thing. And if you're going to keep the titles on a babyface kind of a thing. I think that the New Day need to win them back. I don't think that the Usos can hold them that much longer. Um, I mean, I I still like the Usos as champions. I think they've been one of, if not the best tag team of the entire year. I, I'd like to have them to have an extended reign. I mean, I know they had quite a long reign early this year, but I think they're still worthy of holding titles for quite a while. I still like forward. them. They're one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I just don't see. I still fit when I think of the Usos. I think you kind of still need to have the tag team championships to keep them relevant, almost. Whereas when I think the New Day, I think oh, you can have so many stories with the New Day that don't need to involve the championships because they've got that charisma and relationship with the audience that you can just put them into any feud with any team or any individual, almost. That's one of the things I was going to say. Like, how great would it be if we had one of the New Day members in the United States Championship picture? whereas the other two are fighting in the tag team division. Hmm. Like, surely it's about time that the New Day started spreading into more individual pursuits as well as the team thing as well. Well, they've gone from cereal to uh, ice cream, and now they're in pancakes. What is with the pancakes? I missed that. Like, is there, like, a reason for that, or are they just flat out doing it for the hell of it? Uh, I think it must just be due to the fact that they can make jugs about cakes and relate to Booty. That's, I don't, hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They're literally just, I figure just essentially along the lines of, okay, so we sold this food and now we sold this food. Now we'll move on to this food. <laughs> it's going to get to the point where they're just with like random hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. They'll try with the most like ridiculous few food that you could possibly think of. Like, okay, so we've sold pancakes and ice cream, but can you sell us Brussels sprouts and just do that and actually get bruh, people to. Soul sprouts. <laughs> bruh. Eat your greens. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just think the New Day have enough about them. They don't need the titles right now. Whereas if the Usos do, the Usos still need the championship or they still need to be involved in the championship picture, which is why I think it's going to be Gable and Benjamin because they can launch that feud. Uh, the New Day can have a really entertaining feud with Eng- Aiden English and Rusev, who have been like the surprise package of SmackDown the last few months, like just two people that you would never ever envision getting together. And it just works. It's, it's really good. This Rusev day stuff. I mean, I know it's got a shelf life attached to it, but for the time being, it's, it's getting over really big. Uh, Aiden English being like almost like a butler to Rusev. It, it just works. I really like the com- I really like the combination. It gives them something to do. It's better than just having. They're both too talented to not be doing anything. I'm sort of over it. We. 
Like well, they're, 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 they're over with everyone else. <laughs> I kind of think that the Rusev Day thing isn't funny anymore. I mean, oh. I, it, I'm I'm a rarity on this. People are cheering oh. for it and stuff. I know that that's the case. You know, yeah, that's that's a shame because Clash of Champions actually happens on Rusev Day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's going to be Gable and Benjamin? I yeah. think it's going to be the New Day. But we both are in agreement that there's a very very good chance if any title changes hands, it's going to be this one. Yeah, this is the most likely one. I mean, I still there's still a large part of me who thinks that there's going to be no titles changing hands, or if there is a title changing hands, that it might be when we talk about the next match because I can't I can't like shake it I can't walk into it thinking that this is definitely not going to happen and then it happens because I can't go through this again for the second side well we might as well go into that AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Jinder Mahal I am fervently pro AJ Styles is retaining here I don't think that there's much of a chance Jinder is winning it Oh yeah, I would sacrifice my first child for AJ Styles to win this match. <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh but I can't. I we 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 talked when we we did the backlash predictions and we said like oh there's no chance that uh like Randy Orton's losing the title to Jinder Mahal. That's just an experiment and then it happened. So I can't walk into this thinking oh there's no chance that Jinder Mahal's going to win that experiment's over and then if he wins Imagine how that's going to feel. Well, I actually bought more into the idea that Mahal was going to win then than I do now. Because there is at least the argument before where you could try to say, all right, well, if Mahal and Orton is happening, nobody's going to expect Mahal to win. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy if we go, shocker, he won. At this point, we know that he had held that title for months and Mm -hmm. it didn't work. Like for them to give the title back to him and make him do that heading into WrestleMania, that means that it would have to be one hundred percent that the only reason they did it is because they want John Cena to beat him. Yeah. And I don't think that they're putting that much investment in Cena. No. It sounds weird because it's Cena, but Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know I don't what know. Cena's doing at the moment at WrestleMania. Like he it well, it could be someone on Raw, it could be someone on SmackDown. We have absolutely no idea. I'm like bouncing around when it comes to it. Cause I had thought there was a good chance that we might get Cena and uh, Samoa Joe. And I do think that that could happen too. Yeah. Especially if, be... you know, the rumors are true about triple H Braun Strowman. Cause Strowman and Joe is another one I could see potentially happening. Oh, I'm thinking Strowman and Cena. Strowman and Cena could happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I think that Strowman's a babyface now, and they're going to keep him that way. But there are, of course, also rumors that The Undertaker is going to return and that they could do John Cena Undertaker. I highly, 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 highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, I would bank more on Joe Cena or just Jinder Mahal Cena without a title on the line. Yeah, I could see that happening. Just the America versus India thing. I think it's a little bit too, like... Too obvious if they give that to Jinder Mahal and then they build up the whole anti-American thing and John Cena wins. I, I Like, what else, like, can they do, you know? Mm. So I think that this is an AJ Styles win. And I think that the Elimination Chamber is a good indicator of that happening. Because if you pay attention to the way that they've done the things, they have had the Elimination Chamber be both the champion is defending it 
and they've had it where it's a number one contenders match. But the two people that stand out to me for the Royal Rumble are Roman Reigns and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. And Roman Reigns winning, if they do that, Brock Lesnar then defends the uh, universal title in the Elimination Chamber. I don't think that Brock Lesnar is going to wrestle at the Royal Rumble and at Elimination Chamber. No. So that's making me think that's a number one contenders match. If it's a number one contenders match and Roman Reigns wins, then why have him also win the Royal Rumble? And if you have him do both of those, then fuck you. Because then it'll be be twice as over. So I think that this is Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble. He'll defend that opportunity at Fastlane, just like in a singles match kind of a thing. Roman Reigns wins the Elimination Chamber. It's Reigns, Strowman, Kane, Samoa Joe, uh, The Miz, and Finn Balor. And then Nakamura fights Styles at WrestleMania. Jinder Mahal fucks off and does whatever he does. Either he's, you know, United States title match. Maybe he's fighting John Cena. Maybe he's in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But I'm confident that Styles is retaining. Uh, oh, I mean, I I do believe that Styles is winning, and I'm hopeful of that. I mean, Triple H beat Jinder Mahal in India, so shows that experiment works really well, that they can <laughs> even have Jinder Mahal win in the country that he's supposedly from, even well, though he's he, uh, he danced with him afterward. Does that count? Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, that, that shows you're putting a guy over. You know what puts a guy over even more? Losing to him. And then, and then, and then celebrating afterwards with him. That'd be good. Yeah, this is all just setting up a big dance off between the two. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. where Triple H will lose. That's, that's where the money's going to be made. They couldn't, they could only put that on live events because they're saving that for pay per view. Definitely. I mean, the Sings as a factor, it's, it, it's hard to, because Jindam Hall matches, especially title matches in recent memory, have followed a very similar pattern of, the Sings get involved, he hits the class, he wins. And that's basically happened in every single match that he's had when defending the championship that wasn't the Punjabi prison match. Uh, but Styles is the only person that's managed to uh, combat that and actually come out on top. I think this will be... This will probably be the best match that Jinder Mahal's had on pay-per-view. Which isn't saying much, but... Yeah, their match, their match on SmackDown, I think, was probably the best of his entire reign, and so there's a very good chance they'll go above and beyond for this match as well. And we might actually see something like variety from Mahal. I I don't want to like shit on him too much because like another spoiler thing with the awards, I haven't put in as too many negative things. Uh, just I just recently haven't either. Yeah. And I know we've had a go at him a lot this year on the podcast and stuff like that, but saying that he doesn't feel like a WWE champion, but he has improved. He definitely feels more important now than he ever yeah. did. And in that regard, it's been a success. I still don't don't see him ever winning the WWE championship again. No. But I can see him like establishing himself in the mid-card. I think the Singh brothers as part of his act has been a huge bonus. I think the Singhs have been fantastic this year as like a like the cheerleaders from the outside they've really they've added character where he was lacking um but yeah it's it's been a 
interesting year for him. I'm hoping he doesn't end it with the title around his waist, but I'm 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 confident that Styles will win and we're moving towards Styles probably facing Nakamura. I'm still not giving up my idea that it's going to be one of Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn because they need to be doing something prominent at WrestleMania, you'd think. But whether it's still involving something to do with Shane McMahon or something along those lines, I don't know. But yeah, my prediction is AJ Styles wins. Well, on that same uh, regard, I'm hoping that Sami Zayn fights uh, Styles at the Royal Rumble. That'd be good. They yeah. definitely should. They definitely should be having like some matches for the title. I mean, when you were saying like Nakamura defends his uh, right if he wins the Royal Rumble, I was imagining like maybe you do Nakamura and Styles against Owens and Zayn at Fastlane instead. Yeah, you know what? That could work. Yeah, you just put them together instead, and they have to overcome the odds or something like that. So. Yeah, I, I quite like that, that thing where I, they haven't done it for a while where they put the two people that are fighting at WrestleMania in the same team together. And I so, hope that they don't turn them to. That's the thing. Oh, definitely not. I, yeah, it should be a babyface versus babyface match. It should be built yeah. on their history in New Japan and the fact that they're both popular, and but they both think that they're the best, and that should be the only thing. That's the only thing it needs. Yep. That's literally all it needs. It's just we've had matches before. We know each other really well. This will kick ass. And that's mm-hmm. the end of it. <laughs> exactly. I do like that idea, though, of uh, the two of them teaming up a fast lane against Owens and Zane. That'd be kind of yeah. good. I mean, I'd rather them do that just then throw it on a random episode of SmackDown. Which oh, they'll probably do it both. Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or just uh, AJ Styles against... Kevin Owens at a uh, fast lane and uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura, just two separate matches. Yeah, they could do that too. Uh, but that implies that Owens and Zayn are still around, which kind of defeats the purpose of us talking about our predictions. But yeah, uh, yeah, let's, let's end it. Let's end it now. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Owens and Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton. We have two special guest referees, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, aka. What is it going to be that causes the two referees to fight each other? Because it's happening. You'd imagine so. Yeah, and the fact that they're going to be fighting each other means that that's going to be open up uh, some kind of way for Owens and Zayn to win. Yes, there has to be. But it's just, who turns on who and who sides with Owens mm-hmm. and Zayn? Because I don't think it's cut and dry that it's going, it's going to be Brian that is the one that supports them. I mean, it seems most likely, and it would probably make the most sense, but let's put it this way, it's WWE, so there's every opportunity right. that, that uh, Shane McMahon just randomly decides to turn on Orton and Nakamura and decides to count it for like Zayn and Owens. So well, I that's find the weird kind of... scenario here, because Nakamura and Orton don't seem to like Owens and Zayn. No. So it wouldn't make any sense for I mean, it wouldn't be Nakamura at this point, but for instance, like if Randy Orton were to turn on him uh, and try to help out Owens and Zayn, Randy Orton has no motivation to do that. Exactly. He yeah. is, you know, he wants to win the match. He seems to be feuding with Owens and Zayn, and he doesn't have any kind of issues with Nakamura. So even though I thought that the Randy Orton heel turn could be coming up pretty soon and they could be doing something like that, I don't think it's happening here. And the fact that there's Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan means that one of those is more than likely to do it. But Shane McMahon has been the one spearheading this feud against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, so he makes no sense to team up with them because 
what the hell would be the logic there? But the Daniel Bryan thing is, well, isn't that pretty obvious? So this could be a total WWE scenario where they go with a story that makes no sense just to get people to go, well, I didn't see that coming. I hate when they do that. Yeah. I think in this scenario, I'd rather the thing that makes sense happens, which is Bryan. Well, there's some sort of miscommunication between Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, which is quite ambiguous. So you you don't think that, oh, this is the definite, like, this is going to lead to Brian being removed as general manager type thing. But it's ambiguous enough that it like, leads to miscommunication or it leads to Shane being, I don't know, clotheslined by Owens accidentally or even hit by Orton or Nakamura just to make it even more confusing. And then Brian counts the pin for Owens and Zane. I think that that's probably what will happen. Yeah, Brian... Or- they could even it. do this kind of weird thing where Shane and Brian take each other out, like they're arguing and stuff, and another referee comes in or something like that to just oh, yeah. sort of cop out, you know? If it'd be maybe this, I mean, this would be like the ultimate weird scenario. I know they're definitely not going to do this, but what if a situation where uh, Orton was pinning Zayn at the same time that Owens was pinning Nakamura, and you had the. Brian count for Owens' pin and McMahon uh, counting for yeah. Orton's you could, won it. You could do that because you could have like somebody does a hot tag mm. and they go like, I didn't see it. And it's like, yeah, but I did. That That's the legal person. No, that's the legal person. And then they yeah. count the pin and they go, no, see, Randy Orton tagged him here or whatever. And they go, no, but see, I'm the referee. I didn't see it. Like that kind of a thing. Like they could do that. There's a lot of ways that this could go down. Where the overbooking scenario—that's where this will get crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it has to end with Zayn and Owens not getting fired, and whether they do get fired and then they come back, or they just don't get fired to begin with. Like that's the ultimate thing is they're not going anywhere. So you'd, it's just how not. do they get to that point? I mean, it was I got a really like bad feeling at the end of SmackDown because Owens was doing that really big passionate promo like saying like we're the best we're the the main event of smackdown you can't get rid of us type thing i just was listening to that thinking oh my god they're losing at the pay-per-view oh my god they're actually leaving wwe it just felt like that it felt so like oh my god why are you saying this this is making it sound like you're actually going to lose at the pay-per-view because you seem so confident that you're going to win <laughs> That's that's that's, Hook, I mean, line that's and yeah that's WWE one hundred and one type thing. The one guy's like so confident about winning, and it's and then the other guy ends up winning. It just yeah, I, I was just listening to it and thinking, uh, are they actually like leaving WWE and going to somewhere else? Like I I mm. had no idea. I mean, put it this way, I wouldn't be shocked because there's a, been a lot of people, either vocally or like murmurings of people being unsatisfied working at WWE. Obviously, we've had Neville's situation. Nia Jax left for a little while, even though we weren't entirely sure what the circumstances behind that were. Austin Aries earlier this year as well. So maybe there are people that are getting sick and tired of creative. I mean, like the Big Show was talking about how he hates WWE creative in an interview recently as well. Huh. I didn't see that one. I know. I think it was with Talk is Jericho. I think he was on that podcast, and he was basically just saying how creative don't think like months ahead anymore they're just thinking week to week which i i mean i couldn't tell could you tell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. i wouldn't even go so far as saying that week to week i think that they're thinking like uh 20 minute segments at a time 
Yeah, I mean, it's part of me thinking maybe this isn't all just Vince McMahon. I know Vince McMahon has a final say, but maybe it's not all just Vince McMahon. Maybe it's just people. There's too many people pitching so many ideas that he just can't handle it anymore. Maybe, yeah. It's gone to a point of like, oh, it used to be like two or three people handing him ideas and he could coherent the thing. And now it's like 20 or 30 people and he just like, okay, we'll just, fuck it, we're just doing this instead. Like, that's we'll not... do it live. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I think it makes the most sense to have Owens and Zayn winning some and underhanded fashion that doesn't uh, doesn't hurt Orton or Nakamura. And to be fair, a loss here could be the catalyst to Orton turning heel on Nakamura. Maybe there's some sort of miscommunication on their end of things and Nakamura accidentally hits Orton with the Kinshasa or something and then Orton gets pinned. <laughs> miscommunication because he's speaking Japanese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Orton speak and Orton speaking snake or something. Yeah, it's so. just... What? What, Randy? He's just like shh, okay, <laughs> kind of thing. Listen, no, don't. I can't talk. Listen to the voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, gun to our heads. We're both still going Zane and Owens, though, right? Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, this pay per view, a lot of the matches seem very predictable. On the on the face of it, I mean, the Fatal Four One is the least predictable, mainly because there's just more bodies in there, so there's more opportunity, I guess. But yeah, it it makes the most sense to have uh, Owens and Zayn win this match. All right, guys. Well, that is the card as far as Wednesday afternoon. They might add another match or something like that. I highly doubt it. It seems like this is probably adequate enough. Uh, if they do, though, of course, the coverage will be on the website the way that it always is. Uh, smartcountmoment.com live coverage when we're doing that kind of stuff and the post show following that where we'll be talking about all the opinions of what happened and whether or not we are happy about it sad about it angry about it you know whatever the reaction ends up being so stay tuned for that kind of stuff the way that you should be staying tuned for that on youtube is to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell uh, for notifications you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. You can also follow Callum over on uh, Twitter. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, be sure to check out the coverage leading up to the uh, Royal Rumble as well because we'll have the weekly segments on SmartOutMoment, including uh, I actually contributed to the Triple Threat. I know I actually wrote something weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of stuff coming up in the uh, meantime there, so check all the articles out and of course next week we are going to be doing the mailbag for december so send in those questions as soon as you possibly can because we will probably be doing it on the wednesday of uh, next week so seven days from now and then following that is going to be the 2017 smart Cat moment awards so definitely start working on those lists too because i want to see what everybody else's opinions are about these kind of things are we and... not allowed to are we not allowed to call the smart Cat moment awards the tonys no they're the smarkies Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the, the lineup that you've got going over the next couple of weeks. Then we start the new year and start things off the way that we always do with the one to watch and the future endeavors forecast. So that is coming all up. Follow smartcapmoment.com for all that stuff and more. And we will see you next time. Thanks for watching this, everybody. This has been another Smart Cap Moment, and we are being counted out. Ah!